Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, sometimes 17 miles away from Madison Square Garden. I'm all over the place, but thank you for joining the show, and I'm glad that you subscribed. Now, listen, there's a few headlines that I want to share with you. Check this out. Uh, Everybody into the hotel pool, that'll be $200. That's a headline in the Wall Street Journal that says that some hotels are now charging $200 so that you could jump in the pool. Of course, that's because the United States is in a recession. And we're going to get into that a little bit more in the next segment. We're also going to discuss uh, this sudden change to uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi's schedule for her Asia visit. The itinerary is now leaving out any mention of a possible trip to Taiwan. Well, we're going to sit down and chat with Gordon Chang. He's an expert on Asia. He's the author of several books in the next segment and maybe even the segment after that. So stay tuned for that. But apparently it's not on her itinerary. China has warned the United States over House Speaker Pelosi potentially visiting Taiwan, going as far as saying we will blow that plane right out the sky. Now, those are my words, not theirs. But uh, they've alluded to as much. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office announced early Sunday morning that she plans to visit at least four Asian countries during her trip to the region. But a stop in Taiwan was notably left out. Pelosi is a leading congressional uh, delegation into the Indo-Pacific region that includes stops in Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea and Japan. The trip will center on mutual security, economic partnership and the democratic governance in the Indo-Pacific region is what her office said. And this is according to Fox News. So we're going to get into that with Gordon Chang as well, because um, he's always been very, very vocal against China. And uh, and he's going to explain a little bit about the uh, chips bill as well. Now, article on studyfinds.com, why chocolate could be just as good for heart health as blood pressure medication. That comes as good news to me because I happen to like dark chocolate. And it comes to good news to the couch potatoes that are out there. The couch potato lifestyle is giving young kids high blood pressure. Now, this is happening to kids as young as six years old, according to Newsweek. Children as young as six years old are developing high blood pressure because of couch potato lifestyles. This is according to the new research that's been published. Overweight youngsters are spending too much time slumped on the sofa, says doctors. According to doctors, I should say. And not enough time in the park playing sports. They say parents are to blame as obesity often runs in families. Instead of children wanting to go outside together to burn off fat, they're staying home and plopping themselves on the couch. So I'll tweet this out so you could read it. But basically what they're saying is that parents are the significant agents of change and the promoters of change in their child's lifespan. So 
Very often, high blood pressure and or obesity coexist in the same family, but even when it's not the case, desirable lifestyle modifications involve all family members being on board. So that's uh, in Newsweek, and again, I might get back into this a little bit later. I just, uh, I'm eager to get to the China stuff. And I also want to get into this story, honestly speaking, about how chocolate can actually help your blood pressure. So we know little, fat little kids, skinny little kids, don't let them sit on the couch. No more tablet raising the kid. But cocoa, also known as cocoa, proves to be a highly beneficial substance for cardiovascular health. But that doesn't mean you should start stocking up on chocolate bars. Uh-huh. Studies continue to show that cocoa flavanols can lower blood pressure and arterial stiffness just like the best blood pressure medications. However, scientists have had some concern that consuming cocoa when your blood pressure is normal or low could lower it even further. Now, a new study finds that there's nothing to worry about. Researchers in Australia say cocoa only lowers blood pressure when it's abnormally high. The new study notes that Previous experiments have only looked at cocoa's beneficial impact on heart health when they were in tightly controlled conditions. This has made it unclear as to whether cocoa lowers blood pressure in already healthy people or not. For people who love chocolate, this doesn't mean you should run out to the store and buy a case of Hershey bars. Chocolate that contains higher levels of cocoa will be the most beneficial. But don't forget that chocolate treats also contain high levels of sugar and fat. Any thoughts of using cocoa for lowering blood pressure should be discussed with your doctor first. Well, obviously. And don't listen to me about that. Listen to your doctor about that. Oh, and here's one more. Biden is expected to sign a $280 billion bill known as the CHIPS Act. Gordon Chang is going to break that down for us in a little bit. But critics fear that it will worsen debt and inflation. Of course, right now, we can't have any more government spending. The government needs to tighten its belt. As long as they continue to spend, we're going to continue to have problems. But they don't seem to care. And that's sad because that's going to affect you and me and our children in the next year or maybe the next year and a half, maybe the next two years. But this is the story, according to Just the News, President Joe Biden is expected to sign the CHIPS Act, a $280 billion spending bill meant to incentivize American manufacturers to produce semiconductor chips in the United States. Now, critics say that the measure contains no accountability for requirements for companies that receive taxpayer dollars or that this will somehow increase the national debt and the 40-year high inflation that we already have, not to mention the fact that we're now in a recession. The bill passed in the U.S. Senate by a vote of 64 to 33, with 17 Republicans joining Democrats and approving it. It passed in the House by a vote of 243 to 187, with 24 Republicans joining the 219 Democrats, despite Republican leadership opposing the bill. Now, Biden expressed his support, tweeting, Semiconductor chips are the building blocks of the modern economy. They lower our smoke the pressure. Yeah. He also said they power our smartphones. And for years, manufacturing was sent overseas. For the sake of American jobs and our economy, we must make these at home. The Chips for America Act will get that done. That's President Joe El Baboso Biden. Now, Democrat Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said the bill will take aim at the national semiconductor chip shortage, lower costs for American consumers, and boost scientific innovation and jobs. All right, Chucky. Anyway, some key provisions for this bill include $52 billion in taxpayer-funded subsidies for chip manufacturing in the U.S. That's when when Democrats get excited about a bill, you know that they're handing out money somewhere. Hand over fist, they're handing it out. Anyway, 
That's what's going on here. $52 billion in taxpayer-funded subsidies for chip manufacturers, plus a 25% tax credit for semiconductor manufacturing. $1.5 billion have been earmarked for technology development for U.S. companies that claim to be dependent on foreign telecommunications. $10 billion is appropriated to the Department of Commerce to develop 20 regional technology hubs and directives to grow the federal government by expanding federal agencies. Oh, you got to love it. The Democrats, that's all they know how to do is more government, more government, more government, less God, less constraint, less common sense. The Congressional Budget Office says that the bill appropriates about $200 billion over the course of nine years primarily for research activities, quote-unquote. One section of the bill directs the United States Department of Energy to finance the research facilities and infrastructure that's going to cost about almost $6 billion. Now, the Congressional Budget Office also estimates that this will increase direct spending by about $3.1 billion in the 2022-2031 to period. Another section authorizes the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, also known as NASA, to enter into enhanced use lease agreements through the year 2032, which will increase direct spending by $80 million in that same nine-year period. This article goes on. I'm going to tweet it out for you guys and put it on social media, at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez, because as you can see, what Biden said and what Schumer said, which is we need to bring semiconductors back to the country, doesn't seem to be happening here unless they give out tons and tons of money and pay everybody to do this job. And we have no guarantee that it's actually going to happen. So this is something we've got to watch closely. I'm curious to hear what Gordon Chang has to say about that and his thoughts on Pelosi's trip, because China's never been a friend of ours. And I agree, we got to get our manufacturing out of China. But I don't know that paying everybody off to the tune of all these billions and billions and billions of dollars, $200 billion, is going to be the answer when we're faced with inflation and when we've just entered a recession. Anyway, those are my thoughts. We're going to get to Gordon Chang right now, straight ahead on the other side of this break. I am Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. You're listening to This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Century, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available on all states. See policy for complete coverage details. The world is always on, but you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's sleeping spree event, save up to 50% on ceiling. With queen mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. 
This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. The United States has entered into a recession, but if you ask the White House, there's no recession. Then you got the pro-sanctuary city D.C. mayor calling for the National Guard to deal with illegal immigrants that are being bussed in from Texas and Arizona. There's some irony for you. The Congressional Budget Office is refuting Biden's claims that his policies are reducing the deficit. Okay, that's a good headline. Adam Schiff is reportedly campaigning to become House Democrat leader. And then there's a judge that's ordering that Air Force not to punish members that are seeking religious exemptions to the COVID vaccine mandate. So we're going to get to that a little bit later in the program. We have a biochemist joining us to talk about COVID sanity. But first, I want to get to this story about Nancy Pelosi and Taiwan, because it's been a, a big story. and I think it's getting bigger because now Beijing has a lot of uh, tough talk going on. We got a little report from Reuters that I want you to listen to. Check this out. Chinese President Xi Jinping on Thursday warned U.S. President Joe Biden against playing with fire over Taiwan as Beijing's concerns mounted over a possible visit by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to the Chinese-claimed island. In a phone call that lasted over two hours, Chinese state media said Xi told Biden that the United States should abide by the One China principle and stressed that China firmly opposed Taiwanese independence and interference of external forces. Chinese state media quoted Xi as telling Biden, quote, those who play with fire will only get burnt. We hope the U.S. side can see this clearly. According to a White House statement, Biden told Xi that U.S. policy on Taiwan had not changed and that the United States strongly opposed unilateral efforts to change the status quo or undermine peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. Beijing has issued escalating warnings about repercussions. Should Pelosi, a Democrat like Biden, visit Taiwan? If you play with fire, you will get burnt. That is what the Chinese president said to President Biden. And I'm just wondering, how did Biden respond? You know, did he, did he call him Jack? Did he call him pal? Uh, did, did he get tough with him? How did he take it? I'm, I would love to know. But this type of posturing to me seems like a, a out and out threat. Now with us to explain everything, an expert on all things China. He actually wrote the book on it, The Coming Collapse of China. He also wrote another book, excellent book, by the way, The Great U.S.-China Tech War, Gordon G. Chang. Gordon Chang, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Rich. Man, it's good to hear your voice. So, Gordon Chang, I, I listen to this stuff, and I hear a threat coming from China. And, of course, they, they, there's a lot of bluster that always comes from China, and they like to play games, and usually with, with military action. And I don't know if it was propaganda or not, but as I was scrolling just before getting on the air, I saw that they're now mobilizing some of their, their um, navy, the growing navy that they have, to try to prepare for any type of, uh, you know, I guess to just show off a little bit, and maybe more than that. What's the story? The story is that Beijing right now has got deep troubles at home, troubles that I think Beijing has no answer for. A debt crisis, for instance, which is rippling through <clears throat> excuse me, the Chinese economy and the Chinese banking and financial systems. That means Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, has a big incentive to lash out, to divert the Chinese people from really his policy failures at home. So here comes Nancy Pelosi, his Taiwan. What a target for Xi Jinping. But we've got to remember, this is not just about Taiwan. It's not just about Pelosi. 
It may be even nothing to do with them, because at this moment, we've got Chinese troops who are deep into Indian-controlled territory in the Himalayas. This month, uh, Chinese vessels um, engaged in serious provocations in the South China Sea, uh, trying to take Second Thomas Shoal from the Philippines. Matter of fact, the U.S. actually had to threaten the use of force against China to get the Chinese to back off. Also, in the East China Sea, Chinese vessels were going into Japanese sovereign water around the Senkakus. Um, so China's lashing out at everybody. And that's just not a full list of what's happened, for instance, in the last two months. So what we've got right now is a Beijing, which is exceedingly dangerous. They sense a weak Biden. And so therefore, they're triggering this crisis over the speaker's visit to Taiwan. Now, Gordon Chang, is it uh, I think it's more than than just a show. But is it just a show of strength? Is it just saber rattling when China takes these these tough and posturing positions because they're facing financial trouble and, and they need to show strength somewhere so they'll go to the, the South China Sea and you know ruffle some feathers over there and maybe make a comment through uh, Chinese state media to make sure that we hear their message? Or is there more to it? I really think there is more to it. Even before uh, last Wednesday, which was a significant day, China's threats were dire. On Wednesday, President Biden actually made the situation worse because in an offhand comment to reporters, he said uh, the U.S. military did not think that uh, Speaker Pelosi's visit to Taiwan, which was then, as now, um, uh, not formally announced, that what Biden said that the Speaker's visit to Taiwan, the military didn't think it was a good idea. What Biden did with that comment was he told the Chinese that there were serious disagreements inside his administration, mm -hmm. and he invited, in effect, the Chinese to intimidate uh, the administration even more, which is what Beijing did. So the threats became even more dire. Um, so this was really just misguided comments on the part of the American president, um, taking the situation from a really bad to much worse. You know, Gordon Chang, it's my opinion that when you're dealing with uh, an entity, an enemy like China, you can't leave a crack open because they will pry it open and, and exploit it for everything it's worth. And this is just my observation. But would you, would you agree that when you're dealing with China, you can't slip up the way Biden did? Oh, absolutely. Um, there is uh, increasingly less room for error. Remember, this situation, it comes at the end of a long trail of unhappy events. So you have the debacle in Afghanistan. You have the failure of President Biden and the West to deter Putin in Ukraine. And now you have a very arrogant Chinese uh, regime, which is a little bit desperate, um, or maybe even a little bit more than a little bit desperate. So you put all these factors together, and it means you got a real crisis. If Biden doesn't handle this, um, we could be in for the worst outcomes. The U.S. is far stronger society than China by almost every metric. But there's one important thing where we are weaker, and that is political will, which means our strength doesn't mean anything. Um, so the Chinese right now, they, even before Biden showed up on the scene, they felt that the U.S. was in terminal decline. But what they've seen during these 19 months of the administration is really confirmed in their minds that they can push the United States around. And so right now we have the makings of one big end of history crisis. And I do mean that's a real possibility. Wow. 
Heavy duty. All right, folks, that's Gordon G. Chang. Follow him at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. He's the author of The Coming Collapse of China and his latest book, The Great U.S.-China Tech War. He's with us for one more segment, so there's more to come straight ahead. Don't move a muscle. I'm Rich Valdez. He's Gordon Chang. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. The 45th President, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good, Mr. Call Screener. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative Talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. Welcome back. We're on with Gordon Chang. Listen to this. It's been a momentous 24 hours here in Congress a legislative one-two punch that the American people rarely see. The House voted to approve the largest investment to lowering costs, increasing manufacturing, investing in science, and helping fix our semiconductor crisis. That's Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer lauding the passage of the CHIPS bill created to aid the computer chip firms and counter China. Now, Gordon Chang... This has been a big deal, um, and I think some of it is supply chain related. I think also some of it's China just giving us a big proverbial middle finger. What do you say? Chips bill is, is important in many respects. I don't like industrial policy, and I don't like some provisions of this bill. Hmm. For instance, there's uh, Schumer himself took out a provision which uh, would have prevented American manufacturers from making products in China with federal money. But on balance, um, I actually think this is a good idea. The Wall Street Journal about a week ago came out with a really very well thought out article, which was against the chips bill, because it pointed out many of the failings of industrial policy. But the Wall Street Journal failed to mention the critical factor. And that is in a wartime, and we could very well be in one soon, we may not be able to actually get chips from Asia because the skies and the seas in the Pacific may no longer be safe for commercial traffic. That would leave the United States um, with really very few sources of chips. Um, So I think that that we need to manufacture chips in the U.S. I don't like giving profitable companies more subsidies, but nonetheless, this is an issue which could very well be critical to the United States. Yeah. Now, when you couple that with what we were just talking about with uh, Biden's conversation or I should say this threat from Xi Jinping, what do you I I know you have no crystal ball. None of us do. But 
How do you see this unfolding down the road? Well, I think that, um, you know, I, I'm not inside the speaker's mind and whether she'll go or she won't go. But if she decides to go, then I think that the Chinese will have to make a decision. Um, they're going to make a decision based upon what they think the president of the United States will do. If he doesn't support uh, the speaker's visit, I, I think the speaker's plane could run into a lot of problems as it approaches Taiwan airspace. But if they believe that Biden backs her, um, then I believe that the Chinese will sort of shrink into the background. But that's just a guess in terms of the way they're going to approach this. I think that they are going to approach this basically on what they think Biden will do. All right, let's go to California, check in with Tom in California with a question for Gordon Chang. Tom, welcome. Oh, great. Uh, thanks for taking my call. It's a really good show today. I've listened to Gordon Chang many times on uh, KGO. Uh, excellent commentary on all occasions. Uh, I just wanted to say I heard earlier on KGO that uh, our Navy is pre-positioning ships, I'm guessing uh, task force, along the, the route from uh, San Francisco to uh, Taiwan. This sounds like uh, DEFCON 3 naval style. You know, we went to DEFCON 2 in Ukraine, and the Russians, you know, hiding their uh, nuclear alerts, too. So this sounds like it's even worse than uh, the confrontation we might have had or, or, or might have with uh, Russia. Uh, and also, I like to mention Jackie Spear. You know, she wasn't intimidated. Uh, she went to Guyana and shot four times, and, you know, she's still serving in Congress. So uh, I think Nancy Pelosi uh, deserves to be uh, held in the same honor and esteem as uh, the great Jackie Spear. All right. Thank yeah. you, sir. Gordon? The, that's an important comment about um, the Navy. Um, the Ronald Reagan uh, carrier strike group is in the South China Sea. It was a regularly scheduled visit. This has been planned out well in advance, but it just happens to be there at a critical moment. Um, because if the speaker goes to Taiwan, it'll be next month. The Reagan will be close by. And that, I think, is a good thing for us because it reminds the Chinese that this is uh, not just one speaker in one plane. It is the full force of the U.S. Navy. The U.S. Navy needs more ships. It needs more supplies in the region. But it is a very powerful force nonetheless, especially in a non-wartime situation. All right. Now, Gordon Chang, shifting gears to uh, Xi Jinping. Uh, last year or the year before, he said he was going to be president for life. And he's just gotten into, I think, his third term. Is that right? Well, he's about to. Um, if tradition holds, Rich, um, the Communist Party will hold its 20th National Congress October or November this year. That's when Xi Jinping hopes to get his precedent-breaking third term as general secretary of the Communist Party. And most people think that he'll get it. Many uh, China analysts believe that there will be limitations on his power, largely because there have been so many mistakes that he has made recently, and those mistakes are becoming obvious. But, you know, from the outside, very few people, if no people, really know what's going on, because the Communist Party has become less transparent over time, and we're all just sort of guessing, trying to read tea leaves. So this is, you know, like criminology. This is uh, Pekingology. <laughs> yeah, I just find it fascinating how he, he makes these pronouncements. And I guess maybe this is my bias as an American. I could never imagine any president, any party saying that they would be president for life and then let alone actually try and do it. Kind of like Ala Bloomberg in New York with his, uh, 
what we, many of us in New York call his illegal third term. Uh, he's trying this in, in an actual country. And, I, and so many people, at least, you know, when I'm reading, say, yeah, that it might happen. So I just find it so, so odd. Because, do you think this disturbs the balance of power uh, in China? Does it make them stronger? Does it make them weaker? Do, do some of their neighbors look at them and say, you guys aren't moving forward, you're moving backward? Well, that's really a complex question. Um, I think that, you know, you talk about the neighbors. Uh, the neighbors are really disturbed by the prospect of Xi Jinping, who is a tough guy who's got this wolf warrior diplomacy, as it's called, who believes in the assertion of Chinese power, who believes in grinding his neighbors into the dust. So they don't like it at all. You know, in terms of what it does for China, in the short term, it gives continuity, um, which, um, you know, which would otherwise be a period of transition. So in the short term, it does strengthen China. But what it does is it disturbs a very delicate balance inside the Communist Party. A lot of China watchers, including critics of China, not me, but including critics of China, thought that uh, the Communist Party had made itself resilient, had sort of solved the one critical problem of autocratic authoritarian rule, which is uh, transition of power. But what Xi Jinping has done is he's moving China back to totalitarianism. He's disturbed that balance. Um, and so this is really, in the long term, I think, weakened China immeasurably because it's moved China away from the solution of transfer of power. And when Xi Jinping goes, there's going to be a free-for-all because there's, no, there's going to be no rules, no norms, no guidelines to um, guide the Communist Party into a smooth transition of power. All right. We'll leave it there. Gordon Chang, always a pleasure to have you on, my brother. Folks, listen, uh, you got to follow Gordon Chang on Twitter. He has some brilliant commentary, at Gordon G. Chang, at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter and the social media sites. And get his books, The Coming Collapse of China. This is a, an excellent book. It's uh, from a couple of years ago, and let me tell you, very prescient, right? It's probably uh, um, 01, so yeah, 20 years ago. Very prescient. And The Great U.S.-China Tech War. Grab a copy or two. Gordon, my best to you and Lydia. Maybe, maybe I might surprise you guys if you're going to be in Texas. Oh, great. We'd love to see you at CPAC. Dallas is going to be fantastic. So, Rich, I hope you're there. Oh, thank you, brother. Good to see you. Always good to talk with you. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you. Give us a, a tweet or a follow or whatever you want to do on social media, at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez. And during the break, make sure you check out my show, This is America with Rich Valdez, and give that a follow as well on your favorite podcast app. Anyway, more to come straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And I want to get into a couple of things here. There's a bunch of headlines I want to discuss. There's a couple of clips of audio I want to play. We're uh, kicking it wide open here as we head into the weekend, or head out of the weekend. I don't know where my head is at lately. But uh, interesting headlines here. Check this out. We've got... Where'd it go? Hold on. Let me open the screen. Listen to this. So uh, Putin says that the United States is the main threat to Russia. And he's right. And we need to make sure that we make good on that threat should he need us to. We need to have a little bit of guts. Now, I'll, I'll get into that in a moment. 
The USA is also facing a new era of political violence, according to this headline here. Threats are on the rise. Uh-oh. Dun-dun-dun. Congress is on high alert, according to the Drudge Report. U.S. monkeypox cases have hit 5,000. San Francisco Fetish Festival presses ahead amidst anxiety over the monkeypox. If you were that anxious about it, you just wouldn't have your fetish festival, right? But they continue. Spain and Brazil are reporting the first deaths outside of Africa from this. And the vaccine demand is soaring. Everybody wants a monkeypox vaccine, even though this is limited to people that are having uh, gay sex or people that are in close proximity, uh, like saliva access to people that have gay sex. So that's the headlines on that stuff. Now, there's a few others. There's supposed to be a bunch of astronomical events in August. We will keep your uh, eyes peeled. <laughs> I'll keep my eyes, my eyes peeled. I can't even talk. Anyway, the Pope says he's getting older and he's got to slow down or quit. So he may be retiring. We'll see. This Pope, since he's been in, has been saying that he's going to quit and retire and whatever and whatnot. I'm, I could care less, honestly. But that's, that's uh, one of the stories there. Now, over the weekend, good old AOC, all out crazy, has been making headlines all over Twitter and she was trending for a while because of some comments she made on this drag queen television show. And she says that the true patriots are the drag queens. The true patriots are the ones that are helping to change culture and society. Listen to this. The people who change what people think are artists and drag queens. And let's not forget who threw that first break at Stonewall. You know, that is what led to us passing the Equality Act in the House in this term, marriage equality. It starts with you. I mean, you're patriots. You are. You are. You are patriots. And I'm so proud of you all. I'm so proud to live in this country with you and with your mother and with all of us as family. Thank you, Thank you girl. Love you. Oh, they love her. Uh, they're fanning their faces because she's just so special for them. Now, listen, uh, I play this because I think it's funny, but it's not. It's serious. She thinks that the people that are most patriotic are the people that are changing the culture. Now, I think that they are the boldest people for sure. She's sitting in a room filled with men that are dressed like women. And again, not that that is necessarily wrong if this is their profession and they're, you know, performers and whatnot. I think it becomes wrong when you push this agenda on others and you bring it into public schools and you make it something that children need to be uh, desensitized to or normalized on. But she even has makeup on like they do, where she, who actually is a woman, even though I'm not a biologist, she looks like a drag queen in this in this interview. It's fascinating. Anyway. I'm going to tease something by playing this because I want to talk about this idea, right? The idea of what is a patriot and what what are we fighting for when we fight for patriotism? You'll notice that the left never talks about patriotism, and it's not because they don't like patriotism, although it is, but it's because they don't like the word patriotism, la patria, the homeland. They don't like this word because They don't like the patriarchy because they don't like men because they want to promote radical feminism and continue to divide, 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 divide. But there is a group out there that has always promoted la patria, the homeland, and pushed it hardcore. And anybody who was against staying isolated and protected in your homeland was the big bad wolf. And we point to that guy. 
And these people are typically Marxists, right? So you'll hear Fidel Castro. You'll hear his uh, his foot soldier, Che Guevara. They, they'll all say that the imperialists are the ones that are going out there colonizing. These are evil colonizers. And they will call the United States an imperialist. They will say things like Yankee go home, right? This is a communist phrase that was invented by the communists to, to demonize the United States. And this Marxist thinking has seeped into the conservative movement, like many other things, like Putin and his shirt off and Putin's pro-Christian and Putin's this. And you have to have a good nose to sniff out communism because if you don't do it well, you'll fall for this stuff. And you'll think, man, yeah, that makes sense, right? But we're poking the bear. We're poking the big Russian bear. And now we're poking the, the Chinese dragon. And if we would mind our own business... Shoot, things would be great. The United States didn't pretend it was the world police. Man, nobody else would ever do bad things. And we would never have to go in and, uh, you know, break up fights because nobody would fight over turf. There'd be no turf wars, right? If the United States just minded its own business, please smack yourself in the face three times and have three shots of Cuban coffee. Wake up. That's clearly not the case. But I am going to do an entire segment, maybe even an entire show, on this, on this Marxist philosophy of la patria, the homeland, and going against the imperialists. Now, this is not me saying it, I'm a pro-imperialism. This is just me saying that it's important that we can call it out if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. Then it's a duck, right? Now, you've heard Joe Biden say, I've, ne- I've never talked to my, uh, I never talked to my son's business associates. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. You've heard him say that. Or perhaps you remember when he said this. What was your role as vice president in, uh, in charge of policy in Ukraine and your son's job in Ukraine? How is that not a conflict of interest? It's not a conflict of interest. There's been no indication of any conflict of interest from Ukraine or anywhere else, period. I'm not going to respond to that. Let's focus on the problem. Focus on this man, what he's doing, that no president has ever done. No president. But wait, there's more. A lot of Democrats even do wonder about, and that is Hunter Biden, your son, was getting paid a lot of money to serve on the board of a Ukrainian energy company facing serious corruption charges. You were the vice president running point on Ukraine. The average Joe hears that and says, that sounds fishy. What's your understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount of money? I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. And that was it. And there's nobody. Well, you've had a lot of time. Isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of? No, because I trust my son. But that doesn't (laughs) pass the smell test. Like when you're vice president, isn't there a higher standard? Don't you need to know? No. What's happening with your family? Don't you need to put down no. some guardrails? Un- un- unless there was something that was, uh, there was something on its face that was wrong. There's nothing on its face that was wrong. Nothing on its face that was wrong. Now, listen, Fox News is now reporting that there's uh, a big change in the, um, in the number of people. You know, of course, Biden said he had never met with any of 
Hunter's Associates and he wasn't involved. And then the images started coming out with it. The number went up to 14. I think it's up to 16 now. But listen to this. As a Fox News digital review shows, at least 14 of Hunter Biden's business associates met with then Vice President Biden, ranging from Mexican billionaires to a former Colombian president to Ukrainian and Russian energy executives. Yet Biden consistently denies it. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Well, the research arm of the Republican Party and Fox News seem to have broken the story because it looks like here in November of 2010, Joe Biden sat down for a meeting with Eric Sherman in November of 2011. He met with Chris Hines in March 2012. Joe Biden met with Andres Pastrana Arango, former president of Colombia, whose Hunter was doing business with at his personal residence. In December 2013, Hunter flew with Joe Biden aboard Air Force Two to China, where he introduced him to Jonathan Lee, a Chinese businessman. February 2014, Joe Biden had lunch with Hunter and two of Hunter's Mexican business partners and was pictured giving them a tour of the White House. April 2014, Joe Biden met with Devin Archer, another co-founder of Hunter's private equity firm in the White House a week before Archer joined the board of Burisma. In June 2014, Joe Biden met with Manuel Estrella, Hunter's Latin American business associate. And then he emailed him, and they have a copy of the email. They got the receipts, folks. August 2014, pictures show Biden with his son and Devin Archer again. April 2015, dinner in Washington, D.C. with Hunter's partners from Russia, Ukraine, and Kazakhstan. November 2015, Joe Biden and his son, Host Mexican business partners Carlos Slim, Miguel Aleman Velasco, and Miguel Magnani, or is that Mangini? I don't know. General say at his personal residence in February 2016, Biden flew Hunter and Jeff Cooper, a family business partner, to Mexico City aboard Air Force Two. May 2016, Joe Biden met with Eric Sherwin, the former head of Hunter's private equity firm, for dinner in D.C. In 2016, September, Joe Biden attended a fundraiser for Francis Person, a business associate of Hunter's and former advisor in Biden's vice presidential office. May 2017, Joe Biden met with family business partners Tony Bobolinsky twice. And in June 2018, Joe Biden texted Hunter saying that he was with Jeff Cooper, their family business partner, and that Cooper wanted to do some work, quote unquote, with him. So there you have it, folks. And as that develops, we'll continue bringing you news on that. But I don't think this is going to go anywhere, especially if Republicans get a majority and they have some power come November. We're going to see what happens there. This is why it's so important for people to stand for something, because if you stand for nothing, you fall for anything. Right. That's one of the things I always say here. And that's a quote from Sir Edmund Burke. And it's also a quote from Lord Acton. I'm not sure which one of them came up with it first, but. It's important that we know that in Hamilton as well. So the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So don't do nothing. Stay in the know. Do what you got to do. Enjoy it while you can. Right. This is serious stuff and it can deplete people. The other day I went for a coffee at the Cuban spot and on the weekends they have a different uh, woman that makes the coffee. And she tells me, oh, I, I gave up on watching the cable news. You know, even the conservative channels, I'm not watching anything anymore because it gets me so sick. I just get so stressed. If the news is making you stressed out, don't watch the news anymore. And if you're in a line of work like me where I have to watch the news, interpret the news, comment on the news and share my views on the news, that's fine. What do I do? I watch things like Jersey Shore. 
and other crazy, what I like to call mindless reality television, which I enjoy. And I also try to get out as much as I can so that I'm not always cooped up in the studio or the house or which are one and the same. <laughs> so this is important. You have to have an outlet. You have to exercise. You have to do stuff. You got to get some sun. Otherwise, you're going to lose it. And that's my best advice to you. Anyway, hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America, if you are available, um, make sure you check out these bonus interviews that I'm including in the podcast feed from my hosting for the last couple of months on the Jim Bohannon show, nationally syndicated show, where I um, met with a lot of people, had a lot of great conversations. So I'm trying to drop in as many of those as I can so that you can get the context of those interviews. I think you're going to benefit from them. They were really good for me. Anyway, that's all I've got for today. Make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast. Have the alert on, the little bell, so you never miss an episode. And give us a follow and uh, drop some comments and share the podcast with your friends and family. That's all I've got for real this time. (laughs) Big shout out to everybody listening on 1210 WPHT. Take care. God bless. Talk to you next time. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.